friends thanks for this invitation today where we will be reflecting on the palm sunday palm sunday we'll start off with a little Sorry. gospel reading a reading from the holy gospel according to saint luke after he had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. When he had come near Bethphage and Bethany, at the place called Mount of Olives, he sent two of the disciples, saying, Go into the village ahead of you, and as you enter, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it, just say this, the Lord needs it. So those who were sent departed and found it as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They said, the Lord needs it. Then they brought it to Jesus and after throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. And as he rode along, people kept spreading their cloaks on the road. As he was now approaching the path down from the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the deeds of power that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, order your disciples to stop. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the stones would shout out. The Gospel of the Lord. My dear friends, we are going to reflect on the Palm Sunday. Is it Palm Sunday or a Passion Sunday? title itself is confusing us. Is it Palm Sunday or Passion Sunday? How many of you will say Palm Sunday? Is it it's Palm Sunday? Or is it Passion Sunday? Culminating into? Passion Sunday. No, what, 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 what exactly it is? Is it Palm Sunday or Passion Sunday? I myself was confused. Though so many years we have been doing it. But the church advocates it to be Palm Sunday or Passion Sunday? Can we all sing a little song? Could you repeat after me? With a little action, with uh, hands, no? Come follow me. Come follow me. Come follow me. Come follow me. Where Jesus leads, there I shall go. What Jesus says, that I shall do. Where Jesus leads, 
there I shall go. What Jesus says, that I shall do. My dear friends, let me not confuse you. It's both Palm Sunday and Passion Sunday. Say praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It's both Passion Sunday and Palm Sunday. We, will be, we begin with Palm Sunday, welcoming Jesus, and we lead him into the Passion Week. That's how the church advocates it to be both Palm Sunday and Passion Sunday. We read the first part of the liturgy on that day, especially on the palms. With the palms, we are welcoming Jesus. Slowly, when we go on to the Gospel, that day it will be a narrative which will be read from the Gospel of Luke, where it will speak about the Passion of Christ. So it's a holy week we are stepping into. And that's how the church advocates both Palm Sunday and Passion Sunday on the same day. With this, we begin the holy week. And my dear friends, you know this particular story you must have heard, that the, those days when there were no vehicles to travel, people used to use donkeys or horses to travel from one place to another. It so happened that the priest who was there in T.C. Palya got an invitation from the bishop's house saying that you have to come and meet the bishop. He didn't have any vehicle, neither did he have a horse or a donkey. He went to his neighboring parish and asked that father, Father, could you please lend your donkey so that I can sit on it, go to bishop's house and come back. The father said, I have no problem to give you or lend you my donkey, but on one condition, my donkey is a spiritual donkey you know it knows only two words the moment you say hallelujah it will go the moment you say amen it will stop father said it's okay no problem i'll take it so he sat on the donkey and said hallelujah the moment he said hallelujah the donkey started coming it started it, it came almost to the ramurthy nagar then from there it, he was so fascinated first time he's traveling after many days as he was reaching contonement to bishop's house he forgot the word amen He's saying, donkey, donkey, stop, stop. Donkey is not stopping. He's saying, hallelujah, hallelujah, it's going faster, faster. It went to Ebal, took a right turn and went off. It went, went, went so much so it reached Nandi Hills. No, it was on the hills. This father went on asking and asking, but asking the donkey to stop, but it did not stop. Then he felt this donkey is going to throw me down from the hill. Let me at least say the final prayer. And he said, O Lord, forgive all my sins, accept me as I am, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. <laughs> the moment he said, Amen, what happened? The donkey stopped. He slowly opened his eyes and he saw the donkey was just one foot like this. It keeps it down, gone. He was so fascinated. He said, O Lord, you heard my prayer. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He said, My dear friends, today we begin with this note where the donkey carried Christ. Why a donkey? Why this preparation? See, the first part of the liturgy, we have two parts of liturgy here. The first part, we begin outside the church wherein the palms will be blessed and we are going to welcome Christ, making him to sit on the donkey. Why donkey? Five things come up here. That is the preparation part, the praises part, Jesus being the Prince of Peace, Jesus in the procession, and Jesus being proclaimed. All five P's, five things that can be summarized for today's the first part of the liturgy. What are those five things? The first thing is the preparation. 
see there's a preparation that happens jesus says go to this particular place you will find a call there remove it somebody will come and ask you why do you want that you say that the master needs he will keep quiet see these are silent followers of christ preparation has already been carried out by jesus so when they went there they found a cult when they were removing those people came they asked the question why do you need they said master needs it they kept quiet these are like silent people who were following jesus closely but their name was not highlighted so silent audience prepared and serving the lord that was the preparation the second part is the praises praises why they started to sing hosanna they started to sing hosanna made jesus to sit on a donkey see those days a person or a king entering into a town on a horse means he is going to wage a war war waging king is entering a town but if the same king is sitting on a donkey and entering it means the one who has come for peace the prince of peace is entering into the town that's why jesus chose a donkey and on that donkey he is seated and he is being welcomed so the third part is jesus being the prince of peace entering the town and the fourth thing is the procession procession everybody will come the jesus who said be quiet to the one who was possessed the jesus who silenced so many times the jesus who said to his three disciples or three apostles when they were there on the mount when he was transfigured don't tell anybody about this now openly proclaims that he is the king see the, the this the entry that is happening to the passion narrative is going to enter jerusalem culminating with is coming that's the reason he is in the procession proclaiming that he is the king who has come and finally we have the proclamation the victorious entry of jesus into jerusalem and the final statement which says in that gospel when they come and say teacher order your disciples to stop jesus says i tell you if these were silent the stones would shout out even the st- stones by now knows who is entering your place the jesus who when he saw jerusalem he was in tears now openly proclaims everybody know that it's a joyful proclamation but jesus alone knows this is going to lead him into his own destruction or he is going to be killed he is going to be beaten up he is going to be crucified though he is on a on the cult everybody are shouting hallelujah or hosanna or welcoming him as a prince but jesus internally knows this is going to be the end before in getting into resurrection so jesus internally was painful but at the same time allowed the people to acclaim praises so this is how the first part of the liturgy would go on zechariah 99 would say the coming of zion's king see your king comes to you righteous and victorious lowly and riding on a donkey on a colt the foal of a donkey and we also see in psalm 118 verses 25 to 26 that 
is the praises blessed is he who comes in the name of the lord he bless you from the house of the lord and that's how jesus is welcome so we finish the first part of the liturgy then we move on to the readings when we enter into the reading part of it but before that the historical move is from the 4th century it's from the 4th century this particular practice came about and it was all over previously it was two weeks of passion week then it was curtailed to one week of passion week wherein we would be entering into the holy celebration of monday thursday good friday holy saturday and easter and these are very very important days for our catholic faith my dear friends when we move on we have this narratives being read that day from the gospel of luke we have three year cycle right year a year b year c this year what it is yes is it a you are calling me a or you are saying a i don't know c yes c yes yeah, c and yes c we are going to read from the gospel of luke luke in narrative luke in narrative and we have the synoptic gospels right matthew mark luke is called as synoptic gospels and this year in particular we would be reading from the gospel of luke and for luke he would be presenting to us some characters which are very very important and i would like to take up those characters who will help us to reflect for that day's liturgy let's take up from the deliberation on jesus weeping at jerusalem then he has the eucharistic words with the disciples the passover and he says he took the bread he gave thanks he broke it he gave it and he said the blessing and he gave it to everybody from there he speaks about the power of prayer he takes the three disciples with him who are those three people peter james and john what were the other instances where peter james and john are taken transfiguration then jetsemani yes one more jairus daughter jairus daughter there also he takes all these three and what is the difference between uh, resurrection of jesus and the raising up of lazarus back to life or jairus daughter back to life or widow at nain her son back to life what is the difference they die again that is called as resuscitation it is called as resuscitation but when it comes to jesus it is resurrection because the resuscitation they were brought back to life they die again but with regard to jesus he rose from the dead and he has no death again so for him it's a resurrection let's take up the instance where jesus is just going to gethsemane he is going to gethsemane and he is praying and that particular passage in the narrative that is
Lucan Gospel, chapter 22, verses 39 to 46. This particular passage is going to speak about Jesus praying and the word prayer comes nearly five to six times. He went to pray, he came back, he found them sleeping. Again he went through himself and started to pray. Again he came back, found them sleeping. He went again, earnestly prayed and in his prayer the angel came and strengthened him. And in his prayer again he comes back, finds them sleeping and says, he questions them, why are you sleeping? Get up and pray that you may not come into the time of trial. trial. And if you have to see the Gospel of Luke, Gospel of Luke is known to be a Gospel of Prayer. Gospel of Luke, the other name for the Gospel of Luke is also Gospel of Holy Spirit. It is also the Gospel for women. It is also a Marian Gospel because most of the things about Mother Mary will be found in the Gospel of Luke. If you have to take the Gospel of Luke and reflect proper, one particular episode, if it is on man, the next episode should fall on women, equality of man and women. Gospel of Luke, it is also the Gospel for Gentiles. And Gospel of Luke is also the Gospel of Prayer. And there are so many instances where prayer is being stressed upon. And this is the only place where Jesus also prays for his executioners. Even that is being mentioned here, where Jesus prays for those people who are beating him up. And so many instances that come up, Luke 1.10 speaks about worshippers praying. Luke 1.13, your prayers have been heard. Luke 2 verses 28 to 32, Simeon prays upon seeing Jesus. Luke 2.37, fasting and praying. Luke 2.38, Anna prays. 3.21, as he was praying, that is at baptism. Luke 5.16, but Jesus often withdrew to a lonely place and prayed. Luke 5.33, why don't Jesus' disciples fast and pray like John? There's a question about prayer. Luke 6.12, Jesus prayed on mountainside. 6.28, pray for those who mistreat you. 9.16, prayed as he broke bread for miraculous feeding. So it goes on. At least 25 verses are being spoken only about prayer. And if we have to take the continuation of Gospel of Luke, which is the book which is a continuation of Gospel of Luke? Acts of the Apostles. And to whom Acts begins addressing? Dear Theophilus. Dear Theophilus. And nearly 25 times there is deliberation on prayer in the book of Acts of the Apostles. That's how Luke is a man of prayer. He wants to bring that importance of prayer over there. And there are certain saints who speak about prayer. Prayer is putting oneself in the hands of God, says Mother Teresa. Pope John Paul would say, we begin to pray believing that it is our own initiative that compels us to do. Instead, we learn that it is always God's initiative within us. It is not we who are praying, it is God's initiative which makes us to pray. And the acronym for prayer is Power Resounding Around You Enabling Renewal. One of the acronym which I came across. Could you repeat? Power Resounding Around You Enabling Renewal. 
See this power resounding around you, enabling renewal. It is a prayer which will not change God. It is a prayer which doesn't, may not be meant for the others. Prayer is always a power which is resounding around oneself to have the transformation. Intercessionary prayer, so many types of prayers are there. I direct my prayer towards the other side. But prayer should have an effect on oneself first. That is the main call for prayer. I just want to read a little poem about prayer and then we will proceed further. I knelt to pray but not for long. I had too much to do. I had to hurry and get to work for bills would soon be due. So I knelt and said a hurried prayer and jumped up off my knees. My Christian duty was done. My soul could rest at ease. All day long I had no time to spread a word of cheer, no time to speak of Christ to friends, they would laugh at me, I fear. No time, no time too much to do, that was my constant cry. No time to give to souls in need, but at last the time, the time to die. I went before the Lord, I came, I stood with downcast eyes, for in his hands God held a book it was the book of life. God looked into his book and said, Your name I cannot find. I once was going to write it down, but never found the time. God himself did not find time because I did not find time to give it to him in my prayer. So my dear friends, we will move on from the part of prayer. That is Gethsemane. These people were always found sleeping. It's a common experience, common experience, a very good sleep during homily, very good sleep during homily. Or you start a rosary at 7.30, one yawning will come, one yawning. Night 10.30 when we have to watch a movie or a football match or a cricket match, 10.30, 11, 12, 1, midnight, even not a single wink of an eye. No, we will watch. But 637, one rosary, first decade, one yawning. Ah, it will come. Why? Prayer is not something which is very, very easy. It cannot be done. All, all, it's not an easy thing. It requires a lot of effort. Lot of effort. I may be seated here. I may be listening. Focus is here. But I can allow my mind to go one world tour and come back. One world tour and come back. That's why prayer, it is always said it is a very difficult task. That's why Jesus chose lonely places. Jesus went up the mountain to pray. Jesus chose all kinds of uh, things which could be away and be one with God. So power resounding around us, enabling renewal. When we move on, that day's episode will speak about Peter's denial. Peter denies. Can we recall what are the instances where Peter comes in contact with Jesus? What are the instances in the gospel where Peter comes up and Peter speaks? Proclamation. Proclamation. He said, you are the son of God. Then Transfiguration. He says, we will build three tents here itself. Then 
walking on the water his gaze was on jesus he was walking on the water the moment he took off the gaze from jesus saw the storm he started to drown you no know, started to sink and jesus came and held him any other instance net net casting the net casting into deep casting ourselves into the deep faith with christ then washing of the feet why to wash only my feet wash also my head the whole body yes then um three t- three times i love you no he felt so bad do you love me yes I, you know it lord you know it lord he felt offended any other one important thing you forgot denied jesus that is the context we will come any other thing get behind me satan oh, we forgot satan thank god we are in the presence of god we forget about satan he said get behind me satan see the speaker is known to be a man of the nerves no immediately he'll speak out immediately no he doesn't keep anything into his heart some people are known for his duplicity said so peter is a person who will teach us not to have any duplicity like this priest who went and he preached soon after the mass was over somebody came and appreciated father your homily was very good sermon was very nice you know we felt like go on listening to that go on listening to that and father felt so happy somebody is appreciating same time the sacristan came the same man turned towards the sacristan and said what sound system man not a single word was heard he said <laughs> now we are known for our duplicity of the tongue and peter is known for being open minded now he speaks what comes to his mind and peter when we see in this context he is going to deny jesus is predicting that he is going to deny peter says i will not deny i will come with you but peter denies how many times three times that's why it is reiterated when he is asked do you love me do you love me do you love me three times and when we see this peter when he had to deny we have to appreciate his courage also peter james john three fellows were there three disciples were there at the garden of gethsemane and he was the one who struck who was that the servant's name malchus malchus he struck what was the idea behind striking malchus see peter is a man of courage no he is not a coward he knew they have come with armed things they are going to arrest jesus the moment he is striking he was all prone to allow himself to be arrested make jesus to go away that was the idea behind striking that servant and see there also they are on their impulse they asked jesus in that narrative they asked jesus shall we strike and before jesus could respond they have done the act because they don't want to listen to jesus that's why sometimes we are so very fast we ask jesus but we do ourselves we do ourselves we don't wait we don't wait he immediately struck and jesus says put back your sword put back your sword and he allowed to be arrested james and john are not in the scene after this it is peter who follows 
Peter goes there and Peter is walking along the side of Jesus. He is not near. The one who wanted to save Jesus from the cross is not able to walk with him. He is walking side by side. Distance. Very, very difficult to live with Jesus. Eh? It is not easy. We can come sit, pray, say hallelujah, praise the Lord and go off. And if you have to take Jesus along with us, very difficult. It's a challenge. Imagine you want to think something, some wrong thing, some evil things. If Jesus is next to you, can you do that? Can you do that? So living with Jesus is a challenge. We can walk side by side. Keep him at a distance. Keep him at a distance. But Jesus, once he enters, the whole life transforms. This Peter is able to walk side by side. There he denies first time. Second time that lady comes and sharply stares at him. The gospel is very, very clear. Stares at him. He must have got frightened. Must have got frightened. He said, I don't know whom you are speaking about. Third instance, he goes and sits with the crowd. The man who is the head of the church, going to lead the church henceforward, has become part of the crowd. See, on this rock I will build my church, Jesus said. Now that person has gone and sat with the crowd, seeing what is going to happen to Jesus. And when he denies, Jesus looks at him and he realizes. See, the look of that lady piercing through and saying, this is the man that was making him to get frightened. But the look of Jesus looking at him conveyed love. And he bitterly cried. Bitterly cried. Gospel will end saying he bitterly cried. He went and repented. And he was the one who ran to see at the tomb. That is later. Resurrection narrative. He runs there. The other disciples runs faster. But he goes there and he wants to see what is happening. So my dear friends. Here I just want to share the instance where Bishop Francis Xavier. Bishop Francis Xavier was arrested. Because he was having, he was proclaiming about Christ. So all the prisoners came and asked Bishop Francis Xavier, if you deny your faith, if you deny your faith, they will allow you to go. Why don't you deny your faith? Why do you, why do you want to love this Jesus and proclaim about him to everybody? Bishop Francis Xavier said, I love Jesus not because he said so many parables, not because he works out so many miracles, not because he is a great man. I love Jesus because this Jesus has five defects in him. Defects in Jesus. What are these five defects? He writes in the book, The Testimony of Hope. Five defects of Jesus. The first defect is, Jesus has a weak memory. Jesus has a weak memory. Why he says that? When he is there on the cross, the thief says remember me and immediately he says today you will be with me in paradise imagine you and I if we were to be there we would have told fellow we know what kind of life you have led at least 20 years of purgatory is sure for you but for this Jesus he doesn't have any memory at all very weak memory very weak immediately he forgets everything so that was Jesus weak memory second defect is this Jesus does not know mathematics Otherwise, he would have joined us, sir, for uh, accounting. Mathematics, he doesn't know. Why? Because for him, 99 sheep and one sheep is the same. One sheep is lost, he leaves 99, 
whatever happens, he is not bothered about it. He runs to catch hold of that one sheep. For him, he, there is no, he doesn't know mathematics. For him, he does not know logic, no logic at all. Why? Losing one coin when it is found, spending more than that coin to give a party to everybody, you know, to give a feast, no logic at all. Jesus is not a good politician. These days you will start hearing about politicians. He is not a good politician. Why? If anybody comes to follow, he says, take up your cross and follow. Who will do that? Who will do that? Take up your cross and follow. He is not a good politician. And finally, Jesus is not, a, not good at finance. Jesus is not good at finance. Why? Early in the morning, 5 o'clock, one who came, same money. Evening, 5 o'clock, one who came to work, same money. No, he is not good in finance. That's why Jesus has all these defects. I love Jesus. That's how Bishop Francis Xavier had said. Let's move on to the next character in that passion narrative. The next character is Judas. Peter denied. Judas betrayed. Betrayed how? By giving him a kiss. No, he kissed. I just want to ask, you reflect on this question. Did Judas betray Jesus? Or Jesus betrayed Judas? It's a shocking question, I think. Why, why am I asking? When, we are, when Jesus is there with the Last Supper, He says, one who dips and eats, that is the person who is going to betray. And Judas dips and eats, everybody comes to know what it is. And Jesus is saying, go do what you have to do faster. And when He left, the Gospel of John will say, darkness came. Darkness came. The moment He left, darkness came, evil came. So was Jesus betraying Judas or Judas betraying Jesus? It was all in the plan of God that it has to happen. If, like Peter, Judas would have repented and come back, see for Judas, Judas is a man, if Jesus knew all these things, still he kept him as an apostle. He was a man with money, everything. He was there with him. But this Judas is known to be a person who gathers crowd. He was known to be uh, doing things faster. He wanted to achieve something faster. That's the reason he went and kissed Jesus, knowingly that Jesus might miraculously escape from there. Or he may establish his kingdom there. Worldly kingdom, worldly way of looking at things. That's why Judas went and kissed. But to his bad luck, he did not understand the plan of God, the salvation which Jesus is going to bring about. That's why he felt so rejected. I kissed and I betrayed this Jesus, thinking that he will escape, but this Jesus is being beaten up. And perhaps, perhaps he must have remembered what Jesus told him. There is no better thing than laying down one's life for his friend. He went and committed suicide. We do not, we cannot make a judgment what he did was right or wrong, but he went and laid down his life. He took away his life. We are not, nobody to question on that. But Judas, he wanted something to happen there. He went about, but he 
was perhaps he lost the way he did not understand the salvation that jesus was about to bring about and if you have to compare this kiss with one of the parable which speaks about somebody coming and hugging and giving a kiss prodigal son prodigal son which chapter luke 15 how many parables come in that chapter three parables what are those lost coin lost sheep lost son it's it's called the chapter of mercy it's called a chapter of mercy and there this prodigal son is getting five gifts what are those five gifts one is kiss ring robe sandals and a nice food or a feast see if we compare the prodigal son with the redeeming son here who is redeeming son jesus jesus their prodigal son was welcomed with the kiss this redeeming son is betrayed with a kiss where the prodigal son was given a robe here the redeeming son will be taken away of his robe there the prodigal son was given a ring here this redeeming son will be nailed on his palms there the prodigal son was given sandals here this redeeming son will be nailed on his leg wearing sandals means inheritance only a slave cannot wear sandals that's why he was given back his inheritance he was given back his ownership but here he has left everything and came back empty handed that's why second reading of that day will speak about self emptying self emptying song and finally there he was given a good feast here jesus himself becomes a eucharistic meal to everybody he becomes an eucharistic meal to everybody so that is with regard to judas and whoever connected there and one thing here is gospel of luke is trying to present jesus to be innocent 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 there are some people who speak jesus to be innocent for example pilate says in the gospel of luke chapter 23 verse 4 verse 14 and verse 22 that jesus is innocent jesus is innocent we see herod declaring once in gospel of luke chapter 23 verse 15 that he is innocent we see the pious women who are declaring jesus to be innocent luke chapter 23 verse 27 the repentant criminal he is calling on to jesus saying he has not done anything that is wrong luke 23 41 finally the centurion's confession is also about jesus being innocent we see luke 23 47 the same motive we have in acts also others who said jesus was innocent judas he said i am the cause for the innocent blood matthew 27 3 to 4 pilate's wife says that is a just man matthew 27 19 thief says he has not done anything wrong luke 23 41 and once again is the centurion there are so many people who are saying he is innocent amidst all who were calling for him to be crucified two other things will happen in this narrative one is the healing of malchus his ears were healed there's another thing that happens there's a patching up of herod and pilate that is also healing in wounds they were at uh, big enemies 
and at once they become good friends. At the cost of Jesus' life, they, their enmity is being barred, they become friends. That is how we see. And finally, my dear friends, we see how at the at one instance the thief within few seconds he was able to snatch heaven. That's why this uh, Lucifer went to God and said this is injustice. There are so many people on earth, they have been sinning and sinning and sinning and sinning every time, but you have allowed them to enter heaven. I sinned only once and you have put me in charge of hell. I am there in the hell. God said yes. They were all sinning. They continued to sin. They are all here. Why? They repented. They repented. They are all here. You sinned only once. Till now you have never repented at all. That's why you are there in hell. See that thief repented. He was in heaven. He was in paradise. Today you will be with me in paradise. And out of some seven words which will come which Jesus spoke from the cross. Three are being mentioned in the Gospel of Luke. This year we will be listening to. What are those three words? Father, forgive them. They do not know what they are doing. Luke 23, 34. Indeed, I promise you, today you will be with me in paradise. Luke 23, 43. And final prayer of Jesus. Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Luke 23, verse 46. And after the death of Jesus, one important thing happens. One is centurion's proclamation. The other one is there's the temple curtain, which is torn. Torn from top to bottom. What does it signify? relationship God is patched up. We can enter directly. It is through Christ. Otherwise only the priests were allowed. Secondly, top to down. It is God who has come down, not we going up. It is God who has come down to us. And tearing of the temple curtain also means all are included in the priestly ministry of God. Everybody becomes the priestly clan entering into the Holy of Holies and everybody get to be the witnesses. And my dear friends, when we have to see the final character who comes in this is Joseph of Arimathea. Once again, a silent character, but a courageous one. He went and asked, give that body so that I may embalm it and keep. So that empty tomb is going to place this Jesus. He was a silent follower. Nowhere mentioned in any other place, but he comes courageously, takes that Jesus. Now with all these characters, I must imagine or reflect and see what character I belong to in the fashion narrative. Am I going to be like Peter who denies Jesus? No. Am I going to be like Judas who betrays Jesus? Am I going to be like Pilate, heart to heart he knew he is innocent? Jesus is innocent, but he still sided them. No, he, he placed Barabbas. Barabbas, why? Because thinking that Barabbas was a very, very uh, notorious man, people will opt for Jesus than for Barabbas. But things changed. They opted for Barabbas than for 
Jesus? Am I going to be siding with the people? Am I going to be like Herod? Herod is the only person to whom Jesus never replied. The gospel is very clear. Herod had a lot of desire to speak or address or look at Jesus. He, he was very much wanting to look at Jesus. But when he went on throwing questions at him, Jesus never replied. At least to Pilate, he responded. Jesus responded. But with Herod, he never replied. He keeps quiet. Am I going to be like that person who is going on throwing unwanted things on others? Am I going to be like the thief itself is bad, but there we make a distinction. Good thief and bad thief. I'm going to be a good thief who has a desire to change, repent. Am I going to be a centurion who is going to accept God? So this Holy Week, we are once again put back to our important three things which we started on Ash Wednesday. Fasting, almsgiving and prayer. We are called to pray. We are called to put ourselves in the presence of God. We are called to spend that one week in silence, especially allowing that Jesus... It's a reenactment or re presenting the whole salvation history that had happened and I am going to journey with Christ. If no other Palm Sunday or no other Easter had transformed me earlier, this Palm Sunday, this Holy Week should transform me. Should transform me. Otherwise, going for so many things, retreat, recollections, all these things, if it is not transforming me, there is no point in getting into that celebration. We'll pray. Let's all close our eyes and offer ourselves to God. Lord Jesus, thank you for coming with us. Thank you, Lord, for being with us, blessing all of us. We have reflected on the Palm Sunday, welcoming you joyfully into our lives. We have also reflected on the Passion Sunday, where we are going to join with you on the way of the cross. Because we all know that there is resurrection, there is your blessing. Continue to be with us, forgive all our sins, and help us to walk closer to you. We make this prayer in your holy name. Amen.